Welcome to this episode of What's Your Work, where our guest is Ekaterina Blake, uh, founder, CEO of Inspo Hub. Um, I think yeah, for anyone wanting to get into the creative industries or is in the creative industries, uh, an inspiring person full of energy, um, talks a lot about the challenges that she's faced uh, through her life, how she's kind of regrouped, found things hard, found ways to turn those around, you know, over and over again. So I think an inspiring listen for anyone who's uh, wanting to break into something new or facing some challenge, um, come and come and listen and see, see what uh, energy you get from this. Love to hear. So welcome, Ekaterina. Lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you for giving up your time today to have a conversation. Uh, how are you feeling? Firstly, thank you very much for inviting me over. Uh, I'm feeling great. It's Monday, full of energy. I just came back uh, from Silverstone, was there for British Grand Prix, so I'm pumped oh, oh, and wow. happy to share my energy with, with the audience. Lovely, lovely. Well, look, great to have you. Um, I usually start by sharing kind of my experience of someone, and we haven't, we haven't, you know, we spent we work in the same building, but we haven't spent much time face to face. My sense from reading, you know, some of the posts that you you have is kind of you're someone who is driven, has got a lot of energy, has accomplished a huge amount, and is, you know, as a, as a, I'm going to say a young woman facing all of the barriers that we know so well in kind of work and world. Um, and so there's a, I'm going to use the word feisty. I don't know if that's quite the right word, but like a, there's a kind of, I feel like a fighting energy in you as well. Like, is that, is that accurate or kind of how would you describe yourself? I like it. I, I'm definitely a fighter. I'm definitely a survivor. If I look back at my story, uh, you know, coming from a tiny Russian military units, from the community that's not really aspired to achieve much, uh, you always have to, to fight for opportunities. And sometimes you need to fight with your own community that's trying to put you down, saying, come on, this is our level. This is where everyone is. Like, why are you trying to do better, be smarter? You know, so it's, it's, it's the story of my life. I've, I was never given an opportunity. I've, uh, I've, I've always, I was always fighting for one. So I like that word, fight. Good. Okay. Well, well, we'll we'll use that as a jumping off point, and also to say this might this is this might be a good part of being on the podcast. You're the second guest we've had who was entered for an award when we organised the podcast, and then turned out to win it by the time the podcast is as you know actually happening. So, um, was it Young Professional of the Year? Was that was that the, the award? That's correct. Congratulations on winning that, and and. Thank you. So it'd be lovely to dive into some of your story. I mean, this story is, this podcast is called What's Your Work? So we're interested in, yeah, what's what's been formative moments in, in you becoming you? What do you see is still to work on and so on? So tell us a little bit about, yeah, uh, uh, important moments in your in your life story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I was a teenager and I was about to plan what university I'm going to go to, uh, both my parents were telling me, 
probably we should consider going to Finland. At that point, I lived in Russia. That was like 20 kilometers away from the Finnish border. So it was all close. And we had lots of friends in Finland and they said the education is free and there might be lots of opportunities out there for her. She's good at languages. You should consider. So, but there were, there was a limited number of faculties that the courses that were in English. So I was limited to international business, tourism, mechanical engineering, or IT. I always laughed that I wasn't smart enough to go after IT. So, but I didn't enjoy chemistry or mechanics. So the business was the only sensible thing that I, I, I thought I, I, I might get lots of opportunities from. And the university that I got a place in was in the University of Applied Sciences, meaning that you don't just have people who are like your lecturers are not just good in theory. These are the real business people. Like we were, someone taught us accountancy, the person who's been working as an accountant for 20 years. So it was, it was all about having practical skills and teaching just, you know, the important bits and bobs that you will actually use in practice. So, so I studied, so I got the bachelor in business administration, focused in international business and entrepreneurship. So, Three years were focusing on if you one day going to start your own business, how you're going to build a business plan, how you will be doing sales, marketing, lots of small things that now when I look back, I'm really helpful. I'm really grateful for because now when I look like at financial statement, I'm like, oh, I know how to read this. You know what I mean? So, um, so this is what I studied. I studied business and I was really passionate about this. But when my university years were sort of rounded up and I had to find a job. So as an expert, there are things that you need to think about that other people who are locals never think about is your visa. And to get a resident permit, you need to have a certain type of job that's going to be giving you um, an open-end contract that, you know, that the government thinks, all right, this is the right person to stay in the country. So rather than going after what I was truly passionate about, I had to choose within that limited pool of jobs that were available, someone who would hire me and give me a visa pretty much. So this is how I ended up doing marketing. And there was a marketing agency in Finland and their target market was Russian-speaking community. So they were doing marketing for Finnish companies to attract Russian audience. And this is how slowly but surely I learned about marketing, the practicalities of marketing and digital marketing, doing media tools, influencer marketing. And I learned a lot about this and I really enjoyed myself in that role. Um, and within three years, I've learned a lot about this. But I lived in a very small town in Finland and there was not much going on there. And I realized that I'm hitting my potential here within this company and in this area, the town where I lived, and I really wanted to move to Helsinki. And I told that to my bosses and I said, I really, really want to go. And they said, like, we are fine by that, but we've recently been purchased by another bigger agency. If they give a green light, you can go. But this didn't happen. So I was like, all right, but should I just give up on my dream if I really want to go to another town? Should I just choose comfort? Because this is a job that I know really well. But I was like, all right, I'm only 23, like, I'll, I'll, I'll go for it, you know. I'm, I started looking for, for jobs and I came across this fintech company, a startup. And I was like, oh, wow, they're so vibrant, very international. Like, they were doing a parking app. And I was like, wow, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great opportunity. 
And uh, I went through three interview processes in one day because I came from a different town to visit them and they gave me a job. And I, again, stayed in marketing, was developing in this in this role. And um, eventually the COO of the company left and the CEO of the company needed to find a replacement. And what happened is that lots of people within the company said, but look at it, Katrina. She's good with people. She's good at managing projects. She picks things up quickly. She She's across everything that every department does because of her marketing background. Maybe you should give her an opportunity to do that. And my ex-CEO said, all right, great, let's, let's test her. And this is how I was given lots of responsibilities within financials and operations, and I loved it. I knew this from the university, so I had some theoretical knowledge about this. But the practicalities, I was just loving it. And I was flying on high, being really excited about my job, giving it 100%. Um, and within five months of being promoted, the CEO, for some reason, decided to let me go. There was no clear explanation. I was never given any sort of notices that my job was questionable or my behavior was questionable. There was nothing. So it was some sort of personal thing that was going on. And the, the boss said, you know, you're going. And I said, all right, am I going to get a settlement? And they said, no, you're going to get your last salary and that's going to be it. I was like, I don't really think so. And uh, I said, all right, if we're not going to find a settlement, then it's going to be then a court case. And yes, I applied for a court case uh, because I knew that that was a legal dismissal. I was never given any notices. But going through this at the age of 24, when you were just promoted to an amazing role and you were doing this well and no one ever told you anything but appraisals for your work and suddenly losing this, it was a heartbreaking experience. Also, when you have a visa and then your your visa is dependent on your job, you're like, all right, what the hell am I going to do now? Like, I've got this court case. God knows how much money I'm going to spend on a lawyer. In the meantime, I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my career. And... Um, at this point, I spoke to my mentor and he told me that my mentor was my ex-boss in that marketing agency. And he said that you're a very uh, bright woman and I see potential in you as an entrepreneur and I want you to go after this. You're only 24. You, d- you have limited risks. You know, you don't have family. You don't have children. Um, you know, you don't have mortgages. So maybe you should try it. And he told me, I don't want you to be... Uh, this 35-year-old woman who is very unhappy with her life and she's looking back and thinking, I should have done this. He didn't want me to be that miserable person who didn't go after the opportunity when it, 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 it happened. So, And I didn't know much about like what kind of business I wanted to start. I knew only marketing. So I thought, all right, what if I'm going to create a marketing agency? But because I was so hurt by my the, the culture that happened in that startup and how everything ended, I wanted to embrace a different company culture where the creative professionals and smart professionals and those who are brave and open-minded, they won't be shut down, but actually their ideas and their thoughts will be embraced. I wanted to have a safe environment, transparent environment, when things like what happened to me could never happen to anyone else. So I just wanted to create a safe and supportive environment I only knew marketing, so I started a marketing agency. So here we are, five years later, the Inspire Hub is still thriving. I won the court case, 
So if you've got an illegal dismissal, justice will prevail <laughs> and you're going to get sweet chunk of money from this. Um, so, yeah, and this is where I am now. And when I look back like five years ago, going through the court case, starting my own business, it was so, so scary. But now I know that that's the best thing that ever happened to me because I was forced into doing what I now absolutely love. And coming back to a full-time job now feels like the worst nightmare ever. Like I'll do anything to keep my business afloat and stay an entrepreneur. Thank you. Although that's a lovely, like it's so rich, everything that you just shared. So thank you for sharing that. And and what what led, so you were in Helsinki at the time when you lost your job. Yes, and, and you're now in the UK. So what? how did that transition happen? So the same time uh, when I was going through this career tran- tran- transition, uh, I m- came to a sailing event in Helsinki with my colleague. And I heard an English man commentating there on the sailing event. And I was like, wow, an English speaking person in Helsinki, that's a rare treat. And that was now my husband. And it turned out that a friend of mine um, matched with him on Tinder a few days before that. (laughs) And this is how we started a conversation. Like Ben introduced us to those sailors and we had a big party there. And just when we started talking with Ben, we realized that we were just having so much fun and there was such a great connection. At that point, Ben was doing a sailing tour. So he was all over the world and he was living in in how um in sweden i lived in finland at that point and we started dating and just traveling visiting each other all the time and when i started my business in helsinki it was moving really really slowly because a i'm not a native speaker i didn't have any connections there and the whole marketing perception in finland is very different to the marketing perception in the uk here people are more competitive and i don't need to educate people why you need to do marketing for your business so here conversations go straight to how we are going to achieve this and what's the budget in Finland, I had to explain to like restaurants, like, why do you need Instagram? Uh, it was so daunting. It was just not going anywhere. And then Ben was planning to move to the UK from Sweden. And I thought, all right, there's no job opportunities for him to come to Helsinki if we want to build a family together. And maybe the UK is not, is not a big option for me. And I came here, I visited the country, fell in love with that from the, like, from the first moment and started talking to people on LinkedIn, like what's the business environment, what's perception of marketing and realized that things are going to go so much quicker here. So by the time like, I moved here on the 1st of June, 2018, and I think the first workday was like 3rd of June, and I had three business meetings there that all converted into sales. Like it took me probably five months in Helsinki to close my first deal. And it took me one day. <laughs> in, in so yeah, I call myself a love refugee. So I moved to the UK after my now English husband. So this is how I ended up here. Yeah, amazing. And just, I mean, you faced a, a huge amount in a short time and early on in your career. I mean, getting that promotion sounded amazing. Like, wow, you was a huge opportunity. You sound like you were flourishing and then having it taken away in the way that you described. That's a, and then so left with no job, no visa, and a court case. That's a huge amount to face. And clearly you, you faced it. And I'm just thinking for people listening, facing all sorts of barriers or setbacks, trying to get into a job or like I'm in a job that's not quite right. And then 
you know, maybe I think it's a really relatable moment of just the level of hardship that you can face of not being able to even stay in a country potentially or, or lose your lose a job. So, yeah, I'm just I'm kind of feeling into that. It's a lot to face into, a lot to face into. I think when you're going through the moments of struggle, it's so easy to fall into whatever solution is right here at the doorstep. Because when I started Inspirehub, like I said, it took me like four or five months to close my first deal. The number of times when I was thinking, just forget about this whole idea, go into a full-time job, like go somewhere, you know, go either into an established company where the company culture and HR processes are all set out or go to another startup, you know, but just set up boundaries and make sure that nothing like this happens to you ever again. So I think every day I was like up and down thinking, should I, should I, should I just give in? But I think having that, the the long-term goal helps you settle in. Like, yes, now I can get this job. I can get the money that I really, really need now. But what is going to, how is it going to serve me in six months? How is it going to serve me in 12 months? So this is what kept me sane, having that long-term vision that this is where I actually want to be. And if I, settling for something smaller, it's going to put that goal further away. And so what what was the vision at that point? Can you remember like what was in your head of like, okay, no, this I actually want to go here. And if I take this choice, it's, it's, although it's better now, it's actually going to take me away from where I really want to go. What, what, what was the vision as you remember it? Um, I think I was, I wouldn't be able to create that company culture and to create that environment where creative people could thrive. I think facing lots of limitations uh, in my marketing job as well, because there is a brief by someone. And if there is, you know, the the brief within your company or the brief that came from the client, and you know that it's not going to work, and you're trying to push for, come on, like, things can be done better. Like you're going to lose your budget if you're doing this way. But people don't quite listen to you because you are lower in your you know, hierarchy and like facing that, like limitation, my creativity and then facing limitations by the culture. So I just wanted to create something safe, maybe even safe for myself. You know, maybe I was running away from the situation when someone can fire me again. You know, that's another topic to discuss with my therapist. Um, But um, I think the vision was to be like freedom is my strongest uh, the value that I care about the most. And I think the vision of creating my own thing that no one can kick me out from, but also I have full control over the environment and I can help someone and give something to someone else that I was not able to get as a young creative professional. I think that was, was driving me forward. Yeah, so amazing. So that's that moment of difficulty becomes the energy and the fire to go, okay, this is what I want to create for other people and for myself, a place where creators can thrive, a place that I can be safe in, that I've got some freedom. And the only way for you to do that, let's say, at least as it occurred to you, was like, I need to start my own thing. Like that, that's a way I can do that. If I take a job, I'm just going to be potentially at risk of the same thing happening again and maybe being in an environment where people aren't doing their best work. So and that that sounds like that was I say enough, strong enough in your mind to go just just go for that. That's important to me, right? Something is. Yeah, I believe nothing uh, grows from the comfort zone. Really, like we really develop ourselves from the moment of crisis, because then your fears kind of go down. 
because you know if if you are in a crisis and you know there is nothing less nothing more to lose you become more decisive so sometimes i even put myself now in the situation where i force myself like out of my comfort zone or i create a crisis so i can thrive in it and make better decisions because when you're in a comfort zone it's really hard to commit to anything you're just floating around but i i always tell people that if something bad is happening to you something doesn't go your way there might be a reason for this there might you 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 cuz the first big disappointment that happened with me was i was applying for a mark uh, a masters degree in in helsinki and to get a masters degree i needed to pass the gmat test it's a mathematical test but i was applying for business strategy like there was not much maths i needed to do you know that i needed in my future career and i smashed through that without any tuition like just having a few books and i passed that test and i thought i passed the ma- ma- mathematical test i get, i have a great cover letter i'm doing a lot of strategy and marketing already i'm the ideal candidate i don't get a study place absolutely devastated i was crying for 3 days because that was my way to move to helsinki and i was like why is this happening and i i reached out to the university saying why didn't you choose me like i was so sure i'm going to get in and they're saying sorry your maths were not that strong and i was like how is that related to business you know strategy and there was a bunch of people who did amazingly in maths poorly in business but they still won and i was like that's it that's the end you know i was so i was i was so much in pain and then my dad told me like you know if that didn't happen it must be something awaiting for you that you you need to meet and if you were on the path of like getting a masters degree and studying there this would have never happened to you and now looking back i realize if i didn't get that masters degree if i did get this masters degree i wouldn't go to helsinki i wouldn't get that job in that startup gain amazing experience despite all the stress with a court case but i've learned so much there and i would never start my own business so in the moment of crisis when something doesn't go your way there might be a reason for this and a few years later you'll look back and think thank god that happened so so yeah so it's a a way of reframing the situation rather than focusing on oh my gosh i didn't get this thing which i was supposed to get and i was perfect for to okay that's a, there's another opportunity out there let's see what let's see what i can find or make and you've you know you've made your own opportunities right that's really clear in terms of your drive and energy you talked at the beginning about sort of I use the word forces but you know people keeping you in your comfort zone or going like no why are you why are you aiming so high just like this is the right level like can you talk a bit about more about that kind of what how, how, give us some examples or what yeah yeah absolutely um the when i was at school i was an a student uh, so i was getting all in 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 russia you give fives and then if you get all fives for each like quarters across 11 years you're going to you're going to get a gold medal and that was my mom's biggest goal to get so that I get a gold medal i didn't care about this but i was all right i'm going to do this for you so and at the age of 14 my parents moved from that military unit the tiny military unit to um to viburg which is a town by the russian finnish border i and i ended up going into a very prestigious english school uh so there were lots of kids from rich backgrounds They were studying English from like age six, 
like I had to go through tutoring just to catch up with them. And obviously moving at the age of 14 uh, to the new place and having like 60 other students that you need to find, you know, common language with, plus all new teachers, I developed that skill of adaptability. Uh, and I try to please everyone. You know, I try to find different communities and groups of people to sort of, you know, have common language with them. Um, but also I wanted to develop a relationship with the teachers because this helps you get better <laughs> better grades. But the, the, what I realized as a teenager that not everyone likes that person who good, has good relationship with teachers, who's got, like, good, good terms with sort of everyone, at that point, I started developing my looks and some girls didn't like that as well and saw me as competition. And uh, at, the, at, the, at the class, I was always the one who knew the answers, who did well. And apparently, people find this, like what I, what I understand now is that they saw a threat in me. So, and they were bullying me. They were saying that, oh, my hair is bad and like my when I smile, look like a horse, you know, and then like all sort of like little, abu- you know, little abusive things that don't have any meaning behind that. But they were trying to like put you down. And I remember that that was the last year, which was the most, uh, the toughest one to get through the exams and get to the university. And then this, this boy at school told me like, yeah, you always behave like you're two steps ahead of us. Like, wh- why do you need to be so, you know, like, like smart or whatever you think that you're smart it's not cool it's not cool you're like you're separating yourself from a community like it doesn't help you you know no one likes you like you're a bad person and I was like oh my god I'm a bad person I should should I just forget about all my ambitions because the going through that pain of like not in not being included included in that community like on the one hand side I had all those ambitions and wanted to move abroad and you know have a better life and safer life for myself and future generation and my children or just be like everyone else, you know, not get all the A's, don't be too smart, don't look good, you know, look a bit ugly so boys don't pay attention to you so the girls don't get, you know, jealous. And it was a tough one, definitely back in the day. So, yeah, I, I got bullied a lot at school for being too smart. I didn't know that this could cause you any troubles. But funny enough, I got dismissed from my last job also because I was – too loud and too smart, apparently. <laughs> so it didn't do me well uh, at the moment. But when I look back, I realize that my persistence and my ambitions helped me forward. And now when I look back at my classmates, because we all graduated from school 11 years ago, like when there is like a meetup when everyone gathers together and says, all right, who's the brightest? Who's got the best life? And everyone is saying, yeah, it's Kate. So, in the end, yeah, everyone is looking up to me and like finds me inspirational. But twelve years ago, they were bullying me for this. Yeah, and so you chose to stay sort of on the path that you were committed to. Of like, no, I'm gonna, I am gonna work hard because it's, you know, and and be committed and do well and have good relationships. Like you stayed on that path rather than, mm-hmm. all right, fine, I'll just join the group. Yeah, and that that was a tough one. When you know that you're going against the crowd, it's like, you know, when you're watching, the, I don't know, it's a football, you know, just finished, and all the fans are coming out of a stadium, and, like, there's a, this waves of people coming towards you, and you are the one who goes the opposite direction. This is how it felt. Like, mm. I might get through, <laughs> but I might also get hurt. So what, what gave you the – I'm going to use the word confidence. I don't know if that's the right way word or courage to, to – 
or the wisdom to stay with what was in front of you versus join the crowd? What what do you remember? What what was I think it's again seen a bit like I was bullied for seeing things two steps ahead, <laughs> but that was actually my strength. So I could mm. see that, you know, if I'm going to do this now, that's going to result in the, I'm going to miss out on this opportunity, for example. You know, like, for example, during my university years as well, like all of my friends were like partying hard. You know, we all drink at university, we all grew to silly things and go clubbing. And then Friday was the night where everyone was going out and I was doing a job on Saturday. I was practicing my Finnish skills. I was working as a sales assistant in this kid's store and like being handover as hell. <laughs> I was still going to that job because I knew that it's going to give me money. It's going to practice my, my, my language. And that once I graduate from university, I'll have experience in a Finnish company. My Finnish language skills will be great and I'll get a job easier. And this is what happened. All of my mates struggled to stay in the country and, and, and get a job whilst I moved straight from university into into the work experience. So I think it's just thinking ahead, planning ahead, help mm. me not settle in in the moment of crisis. It sounds like that. It sounds like a, if I can play it back, it sounds like a combination of things. So both that you've got the ability to think ahead, like and to do that really well and find something meaningful like oh yeah okay that would make sense to me to really have energy for be committed to and then take action right it's not just the thinking like you're then backing that up with okay that means this and so i'm going to do that even though it's kind of i'm going to use the word painful i don't necessarily but like there's a cost in the short term this is enough for my i'm not loving this but this makes sense because it's going to get me to this point in the future where i really want to get to and that's a amazing set of skills to have i think and 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 in my experience, and it sounds like in your experience, most people aren't organizing themselves that way, right? They're just like, oh, it'd be fun to party on a Friday. I mean, you would, it sounds like you were partying as well. <laughs> and you were still keeping an eye on, yeah, but I'm not going to let that compromise a bigger picture or a bigger dream or a bigger possibility for who I want to become and where I want to go in my life. And so that I, th- I think that is really inspiring because you've, you've done it and you've done it in, in countries that are not even your native country, like that's, that's a whole nother level of challenge and difficulty having to learn a language. Um, and also doing a job like you've sounded like almost, I don't know how accurate this is, but you came into marketing almost by accident, it sounded like. It was like, oh, well, look, that's where the opportunity is. And if I want to have a visa, then that's what I need to work in. Maybe fell in love with it. I don't know. But it sounds like you've got a lot of affinity for marketing and clearly done really well with it. So yeah, always round. What an amazing story. Thank you. And so, you know, I, I asked this question about what's your work in the world. I, it's a bit of an odd question, but like, do you have a sense of like, what is your work to do in the world? Like, how would you describe that? Uh, I describe this as empowering young people. Um my story is uh, is interesting. <laughs> My background is interesting. And I'm empowering not only people who are experts and trying to develop their careers abroad, but also local people. Because if I look at the young woman who's trying to develop her career in marketing and video production, and she's saying, I'm not sure I'm, I can make it. Like she has an example of me who's a foreign, <laughs> be young, you know, can relate to her as a woman. And like, I am working in a 
male-dominated environment now with video production. It's like it's it's crazy how the lack of representation we have of women in the senior roles in this field. So my role is to lead by example, like talk about my achievements and empowering young people. And sometimes when I have time and opportunity, sit down with individuals and help them identify their strengths and talents and create a little roadmap. Like you said, what I'm good at, like forward thinking, like I can look at their strength now and say, all right, maybe if you do ABC, this is what's going to happen to you in a year's time. So think ahead, plan ahead. So this is what my work is. Mm, beautiful, lovely description. And so I'd love you to talk about, if it's okay, like some of the experiences you've had or whatever feels relevant around people underestimating you as someone who's maybe seen as young, seen as a woman, like, oh, you're not the decision maker, you're certainly not the CEO, like getting miscast in the kind of, as, as the you know, key expert, decision maker, whatever. What, what can you share about some of the experiences you've had of, of those kind of experiences? Because, again, a lot of people have faced, you know, faced different versions of that. And it's something, I mean, again, just being transparent, I'm, I, I, my experience is mostly the opposite, right? Like when, when I'm in a room, people, you know, even at a young age, they somehow thought like I was in charge. Like even when I wasn't, like it was like, oh, like somehow – something about me and not saying that was maybe, you know, got me into difficulty sometimes, right. But in a different way, but it's, I recognize it, but it's not something I've experienced. Like I, I, I'm trying to think if this ever happened to me, I probably, I don't know, but the fact I can't think of something probably tells me it's very, very rare if it's ever happened. Mostly it's the other side, people overestimating my authority ability. So I'm, I'm, and I know that's kind of not usual. Like most people have the opposite experience of being overlooked. So share, share something about your experience of that. Mm, absolutely. Just yesterday I had a conversation with my husband and my business partner. And I told him, Ben, when was, do you remember this situation where you were, you know, treated unfairly? And he was like, Mm, and I was like, great. <laughs> you know, another example of being a white English straight man um, in a male-dominated industry. You know, doing great. He's he's a very talented and skilled professional, but like not have not not coming across whatsoever any bias or limitations in his career. And here's me on the opposite spectrum. You know, being young, foreign, and a woman. And I think. Early on in my life, uh, for some reason, I was more leaning towards men and behaving like a man. And if you look at my teenage pictures, like it's a boy. Like I was dressed up like a boy. I had like shorter hair and I was not quite embracing the feminine part of me. And I think because I saw this early on in my life that if I'm a man or if I behave like a man or if I can connect uh, with men like a man I was like when I grew older like I would have a glass of whiskey with my dad you know to talk about whatever fishing because this is how I could connect with my dad and this is sort of a learning behavior that I have developed and coming into jobs I was always behaving a bit like a man being more like direct straightforward and playing down the feminine part of me uh and I wouldn't say that I came across any there probably were situations where people were judging me or thinking because I'm a woman, I don't quite understand things or like having some biases around me. But I always walked into the room full of men pretending that I'm very confident 
and mm-hmm. speaking like like another man. That's why they treated me probably. I don't want to use the word better, uh, but they treated me more fairly because they were just finding me a bit intimidating. And I've always, throughout my whole life, I was hearing the comments like, you're like a bloke, you know, so great. But what I didn't understand was going on inside of me and my psychology is that I started rejecting the feminine part of me. And as a woman, you have this like engine, the energy that generates so that you can do better things in, in personal life and in work life. And I was putting this all down to be like a man and eventually I never used that energy as a woman and I just learned how to be in the man's world and what I realized that I've developed that thick skin early on in my life so if I came across some unpleasant situations I would be like all right I, I can deal with that plus knowing my background you know surviving moving through like multiple countries around when I was sexually assaulted at work I was like you know, like I, I push him, I punch him in the face, you know, push him out because I was this kind of person who like is strong enough, but I'm pretty sure this is not that every woman, like why is it, I'm, I'm probably exception rather than the reality and the women I met in my life, I realized that not, not, not everyone has such a thick skin and for them coming across the experiences that I had is absolutely heartbreaking and this is what I'm now like learning and trying to push for is that don't just try to adapt to the man's world. Uh, actually educate men <laughs> how things should be done differently. And also understand that it's not you who needs to adapt. It's the community that needs to adapt. It's not just you going all the way. They should just keep their behaviors and they should keep their biases. And you just, just sort of play around because we as women, we are very accommodating and very agreeing. And this is what stops us from lots of um, pushing in your career a lot because we worry a lot and we love to agree with things. And sadly, this brings this adaptability in us and we just go with the flow. But now I understand how important it is to speak up, to, to, to say this is my boundaries and this is how you can treat me and n- not any other way around. Like recently, since I've been drafting those boundaries, not much has been happening to me. Uh, but also what I want to highlight is that the society and the legal requirements push companies now to tick boxes. Yeah. So, and they push for diversity. They push for inclusion. And the change is happening. Like I've noticed now with global brands that I actually get preferred because I'm a young female founder and this is a wonderful thing uh that happens of course i would rather prefer a genuine approach to this rather than you know forced uh tick box sort of exercise but at least it's better than nothing sometimes people need to be forced into developing this new habit and mindset right and in a way it's it's however however crude it is or however kind of it you know sort of i say artificial it is it's recognizing, yeah, there's all sorts of barriers that you faced in other areas along the way. And look, if this is a way of removing a barrier, great. There's something we can actually do. And, and if it's helpful, great. It's all about, as I see it anyway, you know, rebalancing you know, and creating new norms in, in the world that we live in. The, the, you talked about sort of being disconnected from the feminine side in mm. you. How, how have you kind of reconnected with it or kind of how are you how do you feel now in terms of how you show up um 
I burned out massively a year ago, and this is when I decided to join therapy. <laughs> and I found a wonderful psychologist who's been incredible, and I've learned so much about myself. And I, I managed to reconnect a lot with myself. So we were we we were rediscovering all those behaviors that I've I've decided to 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 follow you know and all the traumas that happened to me in the past so it was like slowly but surely realizing that actually like i can get more energy if i'm just being myself that i can get more connection with people if i'm being genuine genuine like i used to think that i have to be always perceived as strong you know nothing can push me down i'm always this kind of person who's like fighting you know and what happened is that what my psychologist explained to me when we see someone who's weak or someone who clearly needs help you know you see that little stray dog you know on the street and you really want to help that that person if you see someone on the street walking towards you like ready to go for a fight you'll probably fight that person and this is what sort of switched slightly more in my mentality that i could actually be perceived that someone like oh i don't want to mess around with her she seems to be you know tough and rough and also what i realized that it's harder to connect with someone when they just show their strong part of them actually we connect through vulnerability through the shared experiences that were like hurtful or emotional and i in the last few months i've been opening up so much more about what's going on with me for example that uh, the what i said about my legal dismissal that's the first time i'm speaking about this publicly on the podcast so you got the <laughs> um yeah. you've got a great story here so i instead of hiding this uh i now embrace being open-minded and and sharing my story so therapy helped me a lot and i noticed how my energy levels uh like changed i also I, I think this is what when i come across stories and know people who come out as 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 gay and like you're constantly fighting like trying to be straight trying to fit in this community and there's so much hurt that's happening inside of you your body knows that you're rejecting your own self like nothing great can come from this only once we embrace ourselves we thrive you know i've been trying to pretend that i'm local you know, try to blend in like you know, Kate Blake you know, for so long. And, you know, when the war happened in the in Ukraine, there was like a tough decision I had to make. Am I hiding that I'm Russian? I have nothing to do with this war. None of the people that I love and care about uh, agree with that. And should I should I lie? Should I pretend that I am some, from somewhere else? Yeah, I'm foreign, but, you know, I'm not from Russia. And should I hide my name because it stands out, Ekaterina? Most, lots of people know it's Russian. And But then I thought, all right, I'm going to again fight myself. You know, the reality is I'm Russian and this is the part of me. I might not agree with what the government is doing, but it doesn't take away the fact that this is this is where I'm from and this is my mother yeah. and this is both my parents still live there. So I think I just realized that fighting yourself doesn't bring any good it takes away the energy you stop yourself from developing new opportunities and growing further in your career only once you embrace yourself you become genuine you become open and vulnerable this is where things just go with such a better speed up all the way up i think it's such a powerful message and it's really, you know, the heart of you know the work we do with with young people is exactly that: is how can you find that natural? You know, we talk about brilliance, natural strength that you have, 
And one of the quotes we use that we ask people to kind of choose to kind of you know, think about a start point is um, the most exhausting thing in life is being insincere. And exactly it's meant in the way that you describe, which is like if I've got to keep pretending and pretending and pretending and hiding parts of myself or not acknowledging parts of myself, it just becomes exhausting. And to your point, you can have lots of success. And just at the end, it's like, you know what, I've just got no energy left. And I'm either burnt out or I'm just low energy or, or just finding it hard to be motivated because there's part of me which is important, which is not getting expression. And without that, like what kind of life am I really, you know, creating? So, yeah, amazing to hear that that you know, transformation that you faced into, again, from a setback or a kind of, quotes a down moment to go, actually, this is an opening. You know, one of the phrases we use a, is a breakdown is an opportunity for a breakthrough, Right. You seem to be like a living example of that, right? Of <laughs> just multiple times, like, gosh, something's, you know, gone wrong. If we, I, don't, I don't even like that language, but there's a breakdown. Okay, what becomes possible from this point? And, you know, you've again used it to being, as it sounds like, inquiring and find access to a different part of yourself, more ease, more energy. And guess what? Everything starts flowing. And I'm going to claim you start attracting the kind of clients which value you more and go, great, we've got even more of what we want and it's a better fit. And then, as you say, life either goes better, which I've also seen, or even if it doesn't go better, our ability to be with the difficulty is it's like, oh, yeah, I can be with that because I'm, I'm, I'm connected to an important part of myself. I always tell to young creative professionals, like, do not try to lie at the job interview. If that's the first ever job that you're, that it's not like working in a pub, you know, or cleaning the hospitals, you know, just be genuine. Say that I don't have any corporate experience whatever, in video editing, but I've been doing this, you know, as like my side hustle and I've been filming videos for, for my friends who are musicians. And this is where a little clip I created. Have a look at this. You will connect so much more with that person Again, and if you, for example, do research into the company that you're trying to apply for and you say, I don't have any experience, but I know what your company is doing and I love it and I connect with you on this, this, this values, you know, I'm ready to learn. My biggest, you know, my, my biggest strength is actual adaptability. I don't know, like I learn fast. Throw me in anything. I'm ready to do anything. I would rather hire that person than someone with skills because <laughs> I always say to people that, you always hire for people skills, not for hard skills, unless there are certain jobs. You know, you can't hire a doctor perform sure. <laughs> surgery, you know, without knowing what they're doing. But the skills can be learned. But if you have no personality or very shitty personality, like there's nothing, not a leadership program or like employability program will never fix that. You're rotted <laughs> from inside. Nothing is going to help that person. So being genuine and just saying, I don't know, like I don't have any experience, but I know what I want to try. People will help you along the way if you're being mm. genuine. That's for sure. I love it. What What do you see as next for you in terms of working on yourself? I mean, maybe continuation of what you've already described. I'd love to. Yeah, what do you see as your own work on yourself mm. to do as you? face into what's next and uh, i'm doing a lot of work currently with my uh, limiting beliefs so there's a lot of work i'm doing in my personal therapy and the group therapy so i'm trying to be more open to the community have 
trust towards people because that's the downside of being a fighting person. You know, you don't trust anyone. So collaboration with strangers freaks me out. So I'm currently working on those limiting beliefs that I have because as a business owner, as a leader, like if I have beliefs within me, I'm limiting my business. I'm limiting my team. I'm limiting the, the opportunities that InspiHub can get going forward because I shut it down rather than having like a big vision. So for me now, it's keeping stretching my mindset, deleting those limited um, barriers and also going after clients that we connect with like on the values because, you know, in the beginning of your business, you just work with anyone just to make cash. And that, that's it. And suddenly when you develop your business and you've got great case studies, you, re- you find yourself in a situation where you can choose. You don't just work for money. You work, you want to work with people that you connect with, that, you know, the projects that can move the world pretty much. So it's finding more of those people, doing a lot of networking and in a lot of partnerships and collaborations and driving this business forward. Because when I started that business, I had this very limited sort of dream. I wanted to have a marketing agency with seven employees. That was my target. And I hit that and I was like, all right, what's next? (laughs) And now I'm trying to go beyond that. So we have a very, very big and inspiring dream that Ben and I are working towards now. So I need to make sure that I'm not limiting myself. And I'm meeting as many wonderful people as possible who can help me achieve my dreams and I can help them achieve theirs. Mm, Amazing. It reminds me of another quote I came across, which I really loved, which was, um, I want to make sure I get it right. Most people reach the limits of their belief before they reach the limits of their talent. Absolutely. Because because people, uh, when you're trying to, let's say you put a very big aspiring goal and you're like, I'm not sure about this because I don't know how to get there. Of course you don't know how to get there. If you knew how to get there, you would be already there. And this is something that everyone needs to remember that you just sometimes you don't know how you ended up there. Like sometimes I put some crazy numbers in spreadsheet and then I'm like shaking, thinking, no way, we, like we've never hit those targets before. How are we going to suddenly change that? And then... I hit the target, I look back and I'm like, all right, I'm not quite sure how we got here. But sometimes just purely knowing the the deadline and the number and the goal, somehow, like you, you just brain subconsciously starts coming up with all those ideas. You start noticing opportunities. Like being lucky is not about luck. It's about seeing opportunities where other people don't see this. It's about awareness. So if you develop yourself as a more self-aware person, meditations, mindfulness, you become more present in the moment, you start seeing collaborations, partners, potential clients, job opportunities, because you're more like calm. If you're running 200 miles an hour, and then you just pass by everything, because you're like, oh my God, I need just just to get somewhere. And I think this is a very important thing to remember. So a lot of people want to work in the creative industries. It's really attractive, really exciting, growing. Um, yeah, tell, tell us more about what it takes, what, what you think people could do with, in terms of who want to break into that industry. What, what, what could they do with hearing? Absolutely. So the creative industry changes so rapidly. And I do notice now the trend that as for marketing, no one teaches marketing well at universities because how can you teach people how to do Instagram marketing when they're, the pay that's change, you know, on a weekly basis. So I do see lots of kids now going uh, through the college and their apprenticeship uh, path 
because then they can get practical experience. And I absolutely agree with that. And I think practical experience is so much more important than listening to lectures for three years and coming out of this having nothing. What I've noticed with my experience and all the people that we've hired, that they've and what I got the feedback that they gave to us is that they've learned so much more on a job than they learned at the university. So if you are trying to land uh, a job in the creative industry, don't worry that you necessarily have to have like a, a relevant degree. And the and the most important thing, if you are creative and you're going after a creative job, your social media accounts and your hobbies should should show that you know if someone comes to me saying oh i want to you know become a social media marketing specialist i'm like all right let me give like give me your instagram account and they're like no no, no it's all personal <laughs> i'm like sorry love you know like people are stalking you like if you are saying that you are a passionate social media person you should be open and your social media should be showing your skills as a content creator as a writer you know as like community engager this is this is more important than even having past experience in another company doing social media the same with content production you know you might have not been hired as an editor or camera operator but you're showing examples of your work that you've done for your own self, because then you see that this person is genuinely loving what they're doing. You know, they go and film sunrises, like, you know, at 6 a.m. No one pays them for this, but the passion is clearly there. So I think this is very important that in your cover letters, you know, in your CVs, you don't lie about experiences that you've never had. You don't try to pretend that you're like someone, you know, 30 plus year old with all this wealth of experience. Just own own who you are, own that you are young. But what young people can give to companies that older people can't is the energy. You see the world from a different perspective. You are more in tune with what's going on with trends you don't have all those limited biases just yet because you haven't been through families and mortgages and what everything that's going on with Brexit and COVID, etc. So you still you still have this capability of dreaming big. The corporates haven't quite squashed you down into this small mindset <laughs> mentality. So you look at things from a better perspective. I absolutely love working with Gen Z. They're such just such a different crowd, so much more self-aware. They will never do a job that's just to get by they would rather sustain themselves somehow magically but do what they love and it's a great inspiration and when young people would bring this energy into more established businesses wonderful things start happening like i love seeing when a 20 year old is working with a 50 year old like then the average age (laughs) goes to 35 and just magic happens there so just yeah embrace that what you have is this passion and energy and people will hire you for this. Wonderful. Thank you. So I've got a final, final question. You, you talked about, which is more of a reflection question because you talked about mindfulness and, and so just changing pace for a moment, taking a breath. I'd love to hear your reflection on, on this conversation that we've had. How has it, how has it been for you? Um, yeah. How's it been? Um, this is my first, oh, sorry, this is my second podcast appear, uh, appearance. And interesting enough, 
just probably two weeks ago, I started doing this manifestation thing where I'm saying, all right, as part of my career development, I want to be more open-minded. I want to be sharing my story more. And I was like, oh, who will want to listen to it? You know, no one invites me to podcasts. No one invites me to interviews. And I was like, all right, but I, I'll be open. I want to do this. The universe, hello, that's me. Bring me to interviews without any jokes, <laughs> like two days later, Harry sends me a message like, we would like to have you in our podcast. I was like, how does it work? It just works. When you have your eyes on the target, that's just, that just happens. And I really like the questions that you asked me. And I think you've created that very inclusive, non-judgmental atmosphere here. And you seem to be very genuine in like, listening to my story. So I felt like safe to share this because I know that today I've shared some things I've never shared publicly before. And it's, 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 it's frightening. It's, it's nervous. Uh, but I know that's the only way to inspire others. So I think we came across some wonderful points and some insights for, for younger people. And we spoke about multiple different challenges that young person can come through in their life. And for me personally, one thing when you just, you know, live through this life. You just just accept that this is what it's been. Yeah, it's been sometimes it's been tough, sometimes it's been great, but this is me. And because it happens to you every day, you don't quite reflect on the whole story. But when you go all the way back, like where I was, like as a, I don't know, fourteen year old teenager that was bullied at school for being too smart, you know, and now coming back to a twenty nine year old woman who just won the young professional of the year award, and you go back and you realize, oh my God, so much has happened. So you start, through this conversation, you start appreciating yourself more, you start valuing yourself more, and you start just taking, you know, being more proud of your achievements. So I, I feel proud. I feel proud of myself. And thank you for helping me share my story. Because telling this just, you know, to a wall <laughs> is very different to have like a two-way conversation with someone. Oh, look, thank you so, so much. It's been wonderful having you. Thank you for being so generous in sharing your story. It is it is an act of both generosity and, um, yeah, it is vulnerability in that sense. But I think it, that's what makes it so powerful. And, and so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, and, yeah, what more to say? I think I'm just going to finish with that. So, yeah, big thank you. Thanks so much, Ekaterina. Thank you, Darius. Great pleasure. So reflecting on that conversation with Ekaterina, I think I think inspiring is a good word to describe her. Um, clearly loads of energy and honesty, actually, is the word I'm going to use, just in being self-reflective. And as she talked about, I guess, doing work on herself to be open, sharing her story so beautifully, so powerfully. And obviously a lot of that story is still to be written, and accomplish so much in in adversity. I think so much to take away, and yeah, I just I just notice a lot of good feeling. Like I, I really hope she does well. So much to so much to admire. In starting a business is hard enough. As a young woman, even harder. Uh, and as she says, also being being an expat, being a, you know having moved to a new country where English is not not her native language, I think it's a stunning example of of yeah, what what we can all accomplish in our own ways. Maybe not exactly the same, but but 
when we, you know, for me, the key part was her connecting the future she wants for herself, like how powerful it is when our brains get a picture of like, that's what I want to go towards. And then so many things we start noticing that are different that can help us on our path to, to getting clear or achieving what we want. But it starts with getting clear on that picture of where, where do I actually want to get to? And I think, I think she's a stunning example of that. So that's my, that's my reflection on that conversation. Thank you.